Dare to Rise. Uh, for those listeners, you probably recognize this is Tina Kay and not Nicole. Um, but today with me, while Nicole is visiting and spending time with her family and um, supporting her children and some activities this week, I am being joined by a very special guest, Finn O'Malley. Welcome back, Finn. Hey, Tina. Thank you for having <laughs> me back. Like, I didn't get ousted I'm I'm invited back yeah this is like what a uh, second time as a guest host yes. and third time on the pod so like everyone's just gonna get used to me it's <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a great episode uh for those of you that are just catching up to Finn and myself uh Finn is a best-selling author she is a elemental goddess Oh, a special friend. Amazing. So special. I am special. <laughs> special, special in friend. so many ways. So welcome back. And uh what have you been up to? Oh my god. Um my life is baseball, baseball, mm. and baseball. I, I just came it. from baseball <laughs> and we didn't even have games this weekend before the holiday, but instead we hung out with baseball family. We did a barbecue and then we went. <laughs> we went to um the bees game yesterday they lost awesome. oh i love the bees game, though it was so fun we had a blast did a you little... get a hot dog that's my question i didn't i got a a, a snowy <laughs> lemonade because it was so freaking hot like uh, we were uh, all melting, melting. Mm-hmm. yeah so it was it was fun it was kind of a little strange being in a crowd of people that was a, it was yeah. a little like check yourself moment of of pandemic life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, no, we had a great weekend, so it was super fun. And and Tina, I got my garden in finally. Oh, awesome! I love that. Yeah, I love that. So before you, we talk about garden, you know, we don't really talk too much about our producer, and um, he has some <laughs> recommendations for us. <laughs> I loved that. I was seeing that. I'm like reading, trying not to laugh. I know me too. So I'm like, our our audience is going to be like, do they got a feather tickling them somewhere, or what is going on here? Um, so apparently, we need to be trying the banana chocolate ice cream at Smith's Ballpark. So uh, that sounds amazing. I yes. kept seeing people with the mint chocolate chip, and I wanted to like, oh, yes, so yeah. good. Yeah. And chocolate chip is one of my favorites. Right. Can't go wrong. Yeah. So talk to me about your garden. I might have vegetables by October, maybe. <laughs> I feel like I'm behind because it was so cold. But um, it's been it, it, hopefully it'll work out. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I planted a couple uh, yes. snow peas, planted a couple snow peas. I have two. Two peas. <laughs> Enjoy them. Yeah, it's going to be a battle between me and my boys. Who right? are, who's, who's going to enjoy those? Yeah. 
my littlest one always would go out and like snack them and and then I'd be like where'd they go mm-hmm. it's like it's oh. like pea candy that's what we called it pea candy <laughs> <laughs> sweet that reminds blank. me of pea water which is a joke in our house oh, okay but, no like that's weird <laughs> when you make peas like peas like as dinner vegetable but oh. you use the the butter turns into pea. Tristan used to call it pea water and he'd be like, I want more pea water. And he'd drink it. It was weird. I'm so glad you explained that because I was concerned about a fourth time of you showing up to the podcast. <laughs> I'm ousted already. No. So you planted your snow peas. What else? What about your flower babies? Um, oh my gosh. Them. I love my uh, flower babies. Um, I have some great, I have a peony bush. Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? That's Everybody? how I say it. I okay. Everybody kind of does their own thing, but tomato, tomato. Yeah. It's beautiful and they smell good. So just really, really getting into getting my hands in the dirt and getting grounded and, um, just did finding that beauty. Holiday? I did. I had a really great holiday. Um, <laughs> I started this whole dating thing, which is, what? you know, I know. Okay. I, I knew that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> we talk regularly, Finn. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I spent some time with my new friend and that was fun. Um, so yeah, other, other than that, just working and living and um and you were you were sick too recently Uh, yeah yeah let's talk about that for a minute let's let's (laughs) talk about that um I had a a moment of 2020 uh replay a replay from 2020 that's what I'm gonna call it of my um lung issues that's something we don't want to revisit Ben no I really don't I was not a fan the first time around and I really was pissed off the second time around (laughs) But I'm on my medication, so that's good. My little lungs are getting happier. Mm-hmm. But that brings us to our amazing guest tonight. Yes. Let's who, hear about him. Yes, who I got to meet because of my <laughs> stupid lungs. You so developed, it's not all bad. It's not all you bad. develop all these relationships by not following doctor's orders. <laughs> I'm so good at it. I'm so good at it. <laughs> no, our guest tonight is uh, Dr. Douglas Jones, who is a board certified in allergy and immunology. In 2008, Dr. Jones founded Rocky Mountain Allergy, an internationally recognized treatment center known for its innovative food allergy treatment program involving a desensitization process called oral immunotherapy, which is OIT. As a co-founder and current president of a nonprofit organization, Food Allergy Support Team, FAST, Dr. Jones is established leader in the treatment of food allergies. He also advocates for other rare diseases such as primary immunodeficiency disorders and HAE, hereditary angioedema. In his free time, Dr. Jones enjoys hanging out with family, traveling, as well as exploring the outdoors. And we are so grateful Yay. to have him on the pod tonight. <laughs> welcome. welcome. Thank you. It's so great to be here. I'm excited. I've, uh, this is like a new venture for me. We love new adventures. Yes, we We're do. We're here for that. <laughs> I'm kind of excited to say, Dr. Jones, please tell me. <laughs> like, start off a question like that. But we already discussed this. I'll be talking or referring to you as Doug. So I just need to throw in a doctor comment. Indiana's fine, too. We're Indy. <laughs> 
love it. Well, oh, <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> I love it. So talk to us about what got you into this area of, of like the medical field. Ooh. Um, yeah, I mean, with allergies and asthma, it's, uh, I mean, that's kind of a long story in terms of how I got to there, but, um, I'll say I, first of all, I just kind of wanted an area that I could call my own, you know, that, that sometimes when you're, when you're thinking about going into medicine, it's like, or am I going to be general? Am I going to be a specialist? And, and each has its role. And for me, I just wanted my own little niche, my own world of, you know, I want to own this. And so that's kind of what maybe drove me to it. And then, um, yeah, I, I was really fascinated and, and, uh, loved it. Uh, it's innovative. There's a lot of research going on. And I, I think the thing that really I, I love doing is just trying to make an impact in people's quality of life to improve that and help them dare uh, to rise. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> dare to rise. Right? Absolutely. Stand up and do the things that they couldn't do uh, prior to, uh, you know, when they were sick or ill or, uh, not listening to their doctor and struggling for long. <laughs> hey, hey, now that's actually one of my favorite things, though, is you. I think you enjoy the puzzle of it as well, though. Let's let's be real. There's a puzzle aspect. to it. I, Absolutely. In fact, one of the things that I tell patients all the time is, you know, they'll be telling me their story and I'm like, well, OK, let's recreate your crime scene. You know, whatever, whatever happened in your body is like the crime scene. And, and I'm like, we need to recreate it. We need to get as many clues as we can. We're going to, we're going to ask questions and investigate and do some tests and run things and, and see if we can really kind of piece all the puzzles to the crime together and find out who in your body is guilty. (laughs) I'm thinking about calling in witnesses too, especially when it comes to Finn, like, tell me the truth about Finn. Tell me the truth. Did you really take Take your medicine. No. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> you, can't. you can't. I love it. I only did one puff. <laughs> yeah, that puffing thing is supposed to help you, Finn. <laughs> supposed to. Oh, no. Oh. So you are working on something new and exciting, though, that is a piece to this puzzle. Tell us a little bit about that or even how you came to that place. Yeah. uh, Thanks for asking about that. So one of the things over the, you know, I've been in practice longer than I'd like to admit, but um, you know, over I think 13 years, but over the course of time, I've, I've developed kind of gravitated towards a couple of different populations um, and probably best known for those, even though I treat the whole spectrum of like allergies, asthma and immune disorders. Um, I gravitated towards food allergy, like legitimate life-threatening food allergy, uh, which most people know about. And then there's this other population that's pretty rare, and that's called hereditary angioedema. It's kind of a mouthful, so we just say H-A-E to be short. And these two populations, I just really kind of gravitated towards and for for different reasons. but there were some common threads uh, with each population. And I think that's kind of set the stage and led me to the direction that we're going now. Um, 
like with food allergy, for instance, if I can just kind of give a little background on that, yeah. um, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, I never heard of people with food allergies. It was rare. I, I mean, even yeah. in medical school, you, you like hardly, I mean, think back, I don't know how old you, you guys are, but you know, you, you think back maybe two, three decades, if you can. Yes. <laughs> no, but like in elementary school, you I don't remember. Maybe there was one person with like a peanut yeah. allergy. Right. 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 But, but now uh, you can't go into a classroom really without it being an issue. No. Yeah. I mean, we had peanut free classrooms with in Tristan's elementary. Like that was crazy to me. Right. Right. And so, but, but like 10, 12 years ago, um, what I would have to do and what the standard of care was, you know, we would do some tests, we diagnose life-threatening allergy, and I would literally just have to tell people, hey, um, you, you've got these allergies, you have to avoid it, carry your injectable epinephrine. Uh, and don't know, die. And yeah. Hope, you know, hope you yep. don't die. Hope yeah. you don't do this. And every time I would give that answer, I was, I was literally sick to my stomach. I'm like, this is the standard of care answer according to my specialty, but it was a substandard answer to me. And, and I was just kind of sick uh, about all of it. And then one day uh, there was a family and two kids and I'd already seen the older brother and he was allergic to like peanuts and tree nuts. And then mom brings in their 11 month old daughter and she had just had like mass hives all over with like a drop of milk on her and mom and dad were actually there. And they said, we fear, you know, she's just allergic to milk now. And, and their whole hope was we already have to avoid peanuts and tree nuts. Now we're going to have to avoid, do we have dairy. to avoid milk, right? Yeah. Dairy, which you add that to a household and that's a lot. That's huge. And when I tested the girl, again, 11 months old, just approaching her first birthday, waiting for that first birthday cake and ice cream, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when I tested her, I got so sick to my stomach because it was not only dairy, it was eggs, it was wheat, it was peanuts, it was tree nuts. Wow. And when I had to walk in and talk to mom and dad, I could tell that we all could tell. And there was just like this feeling in the room. And they just looked at me and they said, what do we feed her? Yeah. What said, do you even yeah. do? Yeah. At that moment, I said, I have no idea. And like, I was so sick at the answer that I had to give. And, you know, there were some tears shed and they leave. And I walked in my office, I shut the door, I put my head down and, and in frustration. And I was just like, this has got to end. I've got to do like something different to give not this substandard answer. And so I committed to kind of find that. And I'd been following, you know, a doctor for, for quite a while that had some innovative treatment going on. And I called him, uh, emailed him and said, Hey, I've been following you. What's up with this. And so long story short, he trained me, you know, to do this treatment and we were able to implement this uh, about eight, nine years ago, which at the time was, uh, really cutting edge, kind of groundbreaking. Yeah. I took, I took a tremendous amount of heat for it from a lot of my allergy colleagues. Um, a lot of negativity. Finding an answer. Yeah, but there was a lot of negativity, and 
Um, you know, we kind of had to fight through that, but patients loved it. And, and I think the main thing is when they were coming in, it was like they had lived, you know, this, this life. Very restricted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely restricted, isolated. You know, I mean, and, and then there's that fear and then you're creating more fear with each event that happens. That's not right. healthy for the body to hold. Yeah, correct. There's all that fear that you're holding in that burden, um, that fear, because you could have like a potentially life threatening event really at any moment. Yeah. yeah. Microscopic, you know, exposures can do that. And so there's that fear. But we were finally offering them some hope. And the one thing that's fascinating is like when I first started that treatment, it was kind of about getting them to eat the food safely. But I'll tell you, once we started seeing freedom mm-hmm. with those parents and, and starting to see that burden lifted, mm-hmm. yeah. personalities develop, you know, things come out. And I mean, I had this one kid, uh, I don't mean to get off too much of a tangent, but there was, there was this we one little it. boy, there was this one little boy who, when I first started seeing him, he would never look me in the eye. He would oh. never engage. He looked down all the time. And through the course of the treatment, what I noticed was him gaining confidence, him starting to look me in the eye, him starting to engage with me to, you know, have questions. And, and towards the end, um, he wanted to be a fire, a fireman, like a firefighter. Oh, okay. Okay. And what was fascinating with that is his mom one day and with tears in her eyes, she said, do you know what's so significant about this is every time I would ask him what he wanted to be when, when he grew up, he wouldn't give me an answer. This is like a five, Mm -hmm. six year old boy. Right. Right. And you, they always have something. I always Mm -hmm. have something and he never would, he never would give an answer. And now towards the end of this treatment, he wants to be a fireman, you know, he wants right. to be a firefighter. And well, and it was probably that aspect, especially for that little of a mind to see past what his restrictions were yeah. constantly to have some hope, him. like what you right. mentioned earlier too. hope right. for something different. Right. Well, the mom asked him, why do you want to be a fighter firefighter? Why haven't you ever said this before? And he said, mom, before the treatment, I didn't think I would live to see oh. that day. Oh my gosh. This is like a five, six year old boy, right? I didn't think I would live to see that day. And so it was like, and he was living with what the reality was, which is huge for a five year old brain, but that's how they usually are. So many times, you know, they've lived this this life of fear, isolation. And you think about food, it's like everything. It's every event. Mm -hmm. It's every birthday party, every holiday. What, What do we center our lives around? Food. Oh yeah, because it's amazing. <laughs> Barbecues, right. Right. yeah. <laughs> you no, know, every. I mean, and so it's this big deal, and and so there's like that group, and I started treating them. This program exploded. You know, we're we're treating a lot of people and having great success with it. At the same time, there's this other group of people that I'm seeing with this angioedema. Um. That one's one where it's a hereditary thing and you're born with like a protein imbalance and people randomly swell. And sometimes what they go through is about 10 years of being misdiagnosed because nobody can figure it out. And so their throat may swell, their lips may. So disconfiguring, like it's so bad. Massive swelling. Massive swelling. You know, their abdomen can swell and they can look pregnant. It can be very painful. And they're diagnosed with, you know, lupus, with 
food allergy with the go-to answer, the right? Go-to right. list. Yep. Drug seeking, crazy, you know, and usually when they would come in within a few minutes, I listened to their history. I'm like, I actually know, think I know what's going on with you. But again, these are patients that for years, for decades, didn't Were, have hope. Yeah, didn't have anybody isolated. answers. Right. And and there was nobody to really connect with. And that's kind of the link between these two groups was each lived in isolation, each lived with a potentially life-threatening, you know, disorder, um, with fear. And there was not good treatment. It was like substandard. And it was this, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I've got to be able to give them a better answer. And so we kind of grew that, um, but one of the things that kind of shifted over the last five, six, seven years is as I got more well known with food allergy, I started getting all kinds of people coming in, you know, with any kind of stomach ache, any kind of symptom with food, and not getting great answers. You know, they it, it and a lot of times it's not even food allergy, but they're just having some kind of symptom with it. Right. And again, I found myself kind of in this situation of doing the standard answer that traditional medicine offered, but it being a substandard answer. Mm -hmm. And I was not happy with that. I'm like, I have got to serve people better. I've got to give them more. They deserve more. And as I was listening to their stories and hear this, I, I was like, I've got to figure something out. Well, ironically, at the same time, I was having my own health issues. I was going through my own struggles. No, nobody really knew this except mm -hmm. a few people, but like I was having my own health issues, my own struggles. I wasn't getting the help that I needed. And <laughs> finally, uh, a friend of mine, who's now my wife, but uh, at the time, like just a, a really good, you know, friend of mine cared enough to search for me because I'd kind of given up. And right. she got online, searched, and she said, I think you need to go to this person. And it wasn't like a traditional medicine uh, doctor. It, you know, oh, he, nice. he specialized in alternative medicine in kind of a different branch of it. I knew nothing about it. Absolutely nothing. And I had zero expectation. But, right. but I'm like, I'm just struggling. And, and she said, I called him and basically said, Here's his phone number. You call him because, you know, he's not going to call you. You call him. And then when he says no, you still push to like, get the Just keep going. Just do it. Because I'm a non-compliant patient too, right? <laughs> what? Of us. News release. News flash. News flash. I'm not alone. So, like, I wasn't the best patient at the time, but... Um, Anyway, I kind of get connected with him and he calls me. He says, you know, your friend says, this is what you're going to say. And I said, yeah, she's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I would do because um, I can't stand this. I, I don't want to be a patient right now and I don't even want to have the things that I have. Uh, but I did, you know, I was struggling with it. Right. Then. <laughs> That's yes. exactly right. I, that was me last week. I was like, no, I'm not having right. this. Mm -hmm. not but, happening. but that's why when you were like, that was, I wasn't mad. I wasn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I, I can't be mad or judgmental with that because that's how I was. Right. Right. Cause you understand I'm, it. I do. I understand. Like I'm with, I'm with you. I have asthma too. <laughs> no, and I, I struggle with those our things. Our raviolis suck. It's not our fault. <laughs> they do. Um, so, 
you know, as I'm going through this treatment with the, with this gentleman, like some of the things he was doing, I thought I wouldn't believe this if I wasn't here. Like, if right. I and you weren't here. experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I knew it wasn't like a placebo effect because I had zero expectation. I didn't even know it was going to happen. Right. Um, but then when certain things were like coming out as like, wait a minute, there's something to this. And so what he, does, what does that look like? Like help us, help us make that connection and in, in the wellness of um, getting away from the actual diagnosis to how to make that change. How to make what change? Like how to have that affect like your all aspects of your situation. So it's not just that normal standard answer. Like what does that, when you were talking about the five-year-old boy or even with yourself, what does that process look like to move beyond that mm-hmm. standard answer for the treatment? I think for it, the change. Yeah. I think for me, it, it, it goes down to kind of a book I read years ago. Um, and it said, you know, always look at, people is people and not things. And even in medicine, you know, we talk about not approaching people as a diagnosis, but as a person. And so many times, you know, when I'm sitting there listening to people, I I literally try to put myself in their situations or I try to think of them as like a family member, you know, like if, if you're one of my family members telling me this story, how would I respond? And you try to respond with compassion. And if you have like true compassion for people, instead of just um, trying to treat a diagnosis, that there's a difference between treating a diagnosis and having compassion for people. And I think that's what really drove me is, you know, I would listen to this. I would be, I would try and put myself in their situation. And I would think about, my own struggles and right. my that's what I was just going to say when you were in that experience of sitting with this, this new person who's making things happen for you, yeah. which you weren't expecting, you had yeah. to give yourself compassion yeah. to accept it as it was. Yeah. So, so I'll be real vulnerable, vulnerable here. Okay. So, okay. This is what, this is what happened. Please do. Yes. We're, we're, <laughs> Um, years ago I had an injury and it it was, uh, I broke my back and it was years and years ago. And I, long story short, I've struggled with various issues from that since then. Um, also kind of growing up being a, a kind of a perfectionist, putting a lot of pressure on myself. I, I would hold a lot of things in. And the primary reason that I went to this guy was I was really struggling with bad back pain, back problems. It was radiating to my head and neck. I couldn't Mm -hmm. sleep uh, because of headaches. And I was really struggling in in all areas. And, but, but the thing that was key is he not only treated me for that back pain, but in one of the sessions I'm laying on the table and he has me in this position, which wasn't a pleasant position, but he he kind of had me in this spot, you know, where he was releasing uh, some of that pressure in my back. And all of a sudden, um, I started to cry, like uncontrollably. I, I just tears started coming to me. And all this emotion was yeah, like it was all the past that you yeah. were holding on to. Oh, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. 
I, I, I literally stopped and I looked at him and I said, what, what is, is happening, happening <laughs> to me right now? What is happening to me? I don't even understand that what is happening. Yeah. And he started talking to me about my childhood, like mm-hmm. what I, my personality and what I held on to and the emotion and the energy and all of that. And, you know, all of this, he's explaining it, like, you know, getting released. And, and I thought, you know, excuse my language, but I'm like, you're full of shit. Like what, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. But it was real. Right. And, and again, it wasn't a placebo effect because I didn't even know what was going on. No, but it was very much there. And I decided at that moment, I'm like, you know, he just filled a gap in my health and my well-being in my life that I couldn't get somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you know, very grateful for my friend who had enough compassion on me at the time. Right. To recognize that I needed that push. I needed that lifeline uh, because I was struggling. And well, you wouldn't have been able to last much yeah. longer. I mean, you end up having more right. breakdowns and your dysfunctions get bigger and bigger until your body is heavier and heavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, well, it, that's so reminiscent of like when I have people, you know, in my other life of massage therapy, like that happens all the time. People are, why am I crying? I'm like, it's okay. It just happens. <laughs> I know that's what I was going to say when I, it's, it just reminds me of that. Um, when I visited with Finn and her other life and, my other and, life. <laughs> and I was like, after, after having um, some interaction with her and then I just start crying and I'm like, why, why am I crying? Is this normal? And she's like, that, that means I've done my job. <laughs> we're, we're doing the things. Exactly. We're doing the thing. Yeah. Exactly. So Exactly. And so, yeah, you, you kind of feel all of that. And, um, you know, I started thinking, I'm like, there's just more to this and there's probably a reason as to why I've been spinning my spinning my wheels for so long and also why my health problems were now compounding. Right. Because, you know, they just get bigger till your body's like saying, Hey, Hey, are you going to deal with this? Are you going to deal with this? It it did because I, you know, ended up, I was having like two, three, four diagnoses and they were just kept adding on and it, it was compounding. But since that turning point, um, I've been able to, you know, cut medicine in half, um, get myself, you know, more balanced. And, and the other thing is when I was going through that, I started putting myself in my patient's shoes right? and thinking, okay, I'm a patient here, but I also help, you know, hopefully help people and serve people. And how can I apply this with everything that I've gone through with these groups of people? And now what I've taken and I, I just decided to really, I'm like, I think the answer lies in this experience. Absolutely. I think we have these things that happen to us um, so that we can, it it all correlates and and reacts and creates um, answers. Because I was thinking, at what point did you say, okay, there's, because what you went through was a very, let's say, Eastern side of things, looking at it as an energy and emotional and where that fits in with Western medicine, mm-hmm. which doesn't really. Yeah. Um, so at what point did you say, okay, let's look at this bigger picture because it's not just they're allergic to wheat or whatever, but it's what compounded to happen to yeah. that fact, you know, to it, get to it that. Was, it was literally the moment I walked out of his office after that experience. 
Good. Uh, of, of having I mean. of having kind of that that emotional you know release, release. but also oh. realization of like what had just happened <laughs> and it was literally walking from his office to my car like processing that whole thing and I'm like this is going to change like yeah. I you know I I I stuck with his program and then just decided I'm like I need to take somehow this experience and figure out a way to serve my patients better. Right. And, and so I actually took a deep dive into other realms, you know, but the, the other thing that I was also really mindful of is, you know, sometimes in like, cause I feel like to some degree, I've been on both sides of it now and right. in, in traditional medicine, sometimes we're a bit close-minded because we're so evidence-driven you know, you're, you can be closed minded, you can start stereotyping and, and perhaps not as open. Um, on the alternative side, I think where they lack a bit is, is in the evidence, you know, and that's right. kind of beef tradition has, you know, is okay. You, you say all this stuff, but there, there's really not fantastic evidence to support it. Not saying it doesn't work. No, because it'll work for yeah. some people, but it's not going to work Correct. for everybody. Yeah. Correct. But but there's there's a different level of you know good solid clinical trial versus anecdotes. Right. And and that's kind of the issue. And so what what my mission, what my goal was, I'm like, I want East to meet West. I want to take the good from both and stop kind of the, you know we're not Democrats and Republicans, we're Americans, right? Mm -hmm. right. And, and I wanted to kind of take that approach of like, let's take the good. And so what I did was I would read other textbooks, you know, from other aspects of healing, all kinds of healing. I would, I've read several textbooks, but I would carefully go through and try and sort through where's real evidence lie? Where does it not? Where, you know, and see where can I really take the good from different areas, but also expand my vision and my mind right? and apply that to this patient population that I see from that, that took me to the a program that I'm implementing now into my, into my clinic. And, um, that's, that's kind of freaking it. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to talk to us about some of that stuff? Are you ready yeah. to do that? Yeah. Um, I've just started to, you know, implement some of it with a number of patients in my clinic. Um, some of them don't even know it. I mean, I actually have a name for it. it <laughs> I've kind of coined the phrase um, immunofitness steps. And uh, I love it. You know, immuno meaning immune because, I mean, I'm an immunologist. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you think about immunity, um, sometimes what I talk about is like there it's a not just a defense mechanism, but it's how your body internally is is interacting with the external environment. You know, is it sensing things that are helpful? Is it sensing things that are harmful or a threat or if it is a threat, how much of a threat? Um, and there's that level of adaptation and protection. And, you know, what do you protect in life? things that are valuable. Like we, you know, if you think about what you, what do you want to protect things that are valuable? How do we protect that? We put mechanisms in place. Well, that's how the immunity is. And so what I like to pose the question to sometimes to, to people 
is what's most valuable to you in, in your life, in your health, your being, what, what's most valuable, what do you want to protect? And how can we then protect that with good fitness? That's where immunofitness comes in is how do we now become the best fit in different aspects of our life to protect, you know, what's most valuable. And when I started thinking about fitness, I started thinking about different aspects of it. It's not just physical fitness, but I'll, I'll just uh, off the cuff. What a, if you think of the words fitness, what other things do you think you could be fit in? Mentally, emotionally, mentally, <laughs> mentally, energetically, emotionally, energetically. Yep. Excellent. Yes. Right on. Those are the, the ones that I thought of. And so I actually came up with five. Um, and those are the steps. S stands for socially fit. Now, when you talk about being socially fit, what we're talking about is relationships. Any kind of relationship, whether it's work, it could be you know, personal, it could be romantic, it could be even somebody you don't know, for instance. Um, what's your relationship or interaction with somebody you don't know? Like, for instance, uh, another driver on the road or somebody at the store, would you, do you get a door for them? Do you, you know, if they drop something, do you lend a hand to pick it up? Do you give them a smile? Any kind of relationship like that. And it would go even one step further to pets. Because oh, yeah, we're gonna include our fur babies. Right. You know, because sometimes those pets play an important role in that social relationship and those, and you can be like socially fit. Um, the next one that you brought up, like mentally fit, I call that just being thoughtful because it fits into steps. So you have S for social, T, T. for like, I needed thoughtful. a T word. <laughs> I need a T. I couldn't say I couldn't say sh- smaps. <laughs> smaps. Smaps. <laughs> People will think um, you're saying schnapps and so, you know, tea is kind of thoughtful and, and mental. So it, it's, it could encompass mindfulness. It could encompass what you're feeding your mind. You know, are, are you putting good things in your mind every day? Uh, what kind of mindset do you have? Music, shows, all of that. All of that. E would be emotional. So what kind of emotional fitness do we have? Um, I think that one's kind of self-explanatory. I kind of think of it as your being of the day. Like, what's your mood for the day? Yeah. And and, (laughs) yes. And and in fact, how I kind of think of that, I'm glad you brought that up. Because what I do is I've created a kind of a journaling system. Very simple where you can write one little thing that you want to do in each area every day, just one. But when I think about emotion, I always think to myself, who do I want to be today? Who do I want to be to accomplish what I need to do so I can give what I want to give? I love that because I think that's flexible because it doesn't say that every day we have to be, perfect or good like some days because I've been doing it the the method I absolutely love it but some days it's like I'm just I'm gonna be joyful and happy 
great. Today was determined. I had lots of stuff to do. <laughs> so it's just, it, there's flexibility to what is uh, going to serve you for that day specifically for where you're at in that moment. Correct. Correct. For that day. Yes. And, and I got to give credit. Like th- this is kind of a, this app that, that, chain of events is something I learned from a, a teacher. His, his name is Mahatriya from India, but um, he would always, he would say, you know, what do you, in order to give, you have to get or have in order to have, you have to do. And in order to do, you have to be. And so that's where I kind of, and, and so that's kind of a reverse order, but right. what he would teach is to be, to do, to have, to give. Um, and, and that sequence. And so, you know, when you talk about your emotional kind of being, it's who do I want to be? And like you said, Finn, it's, it's flexible for for that day. Yes. You know, it's something that you could take for that day. It's something that you could build on The, the whole program is just flexible, but that's kind of that emotion part. And then the P would be physical and that encompasses, you know, what kind of physical activity are we doing? The fuel that we're putting in our bodies, you know, what are we doing uh, nutritionally, um, physically? And and what I always tell people is like, find one thing that you want to do for your physical being that day, whether it's make one better choice, you know, for a snack or, you know, a portion size or, you know, water. Right. You know, (laughs) supplement one of your sodas for, you know, water that day or, um, or, you know, sometimes uh, some people will be like, I struggle exercising and I'll be like, do you have stairs in your house? Say, yeah. And I'll say, well, when you go up the stairs, just go back down and go back up again. You know, just, just double down. I like it. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. one extra thing. And, And so what we're looking for are just like little steps. Little steps to improvement, you know, every day. Yep. And then the last part is stands for spiritual, like Mm -hmm. spiritually fit. And, you know, I kind of look at um, not religion, like spirituality is is different than religion. And even if you don't subscribe to perhaps a a higher power or, or anything like that, the S can also stand for just being in silence. Um, because I I think no matter where you're at, no matter what your belief system is or non-belief system is, I think, um, sitting in silence and even connecting with yourself for that day for a few minutes where the the world is so noisy, take just some moments of silence. And there's actually evidence to back that up. So connect with yourself in some way, spiritually, or even in silence for that day. And so those are kind of the steps, you know, being socially fit, thoughtfully fit, emotionally fit, physically fit, and spiritually fit. And that may seem kind of overwhelming because it's a lot, but my system, it's not. It's It's so easy. It takes literally three minutes. It's so easy. Right. And so I'm going to ask you for your experience in a minute, but how we work through it and what we do is to make it realistic, making it simple and easy of just little changes in each of those areas every day. But think about if you're doing that, what kind of balance you're achieving, because, you know, so many times what I find with my patients, I listen to them is I tried this one diet and it didn't work. 
well, the rest of their life is being ignored. Or mm-hmm. I tried this one exercise, well, the rest of the thing is being ignored. Yeah. And when you're able to kind of put the complete picture together as a person, not a diagnosis or a thing, but as a person, and you kind of real life and real situations and the things that we all go through. Yeah. So then tell me like, sorry, I mean, you cut, but Finn, I, 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 it can sound overwhelming, but my point is it's not actually. It, it isn't at, at all. In fact, I started it like, let's see, it's been a couple of months now. I think it was March when I started. And by April, I had, I, I, I will use the word manifested because I set the intention every day for my writing specifically. We'll just use that one area um, where I, April was epic. I wrote got so much done. And I was like, I can't believe I'm writing this much because every day that was part of my intention along with so many other areas that I noticed just like little, the gratitude part of it and little things that happened and it would propel it even into the next day and the next day. And then I got really busy and I stopped for a few weeks and my writing complete. And it took, and I love it because stopping was actually excellent because it taught me how much it was helping me that I didn't even realize. Um, and so I'm, I'm back on the wagon <laughs> well, with my SMAPs. Your SMAPs, your SMAPs. But, but part of the, part of the program too is, is emphasizing not the perfection of it. You know, no, you, you may have times where you're, you're not. And what I want to tell people is like, don't beat yourself up over that. You know, don't, there's no point in kind of, you know, regret or no, not at all. Beating yourself up. It's just like, okay, you know what? That happened. That didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to pick up from here. We're not going to, you know, cry over spilled milk. We're going to just move forward. Right. And well, and even last week, because I didn't feel good, I was like, I have to finish that scene. I need to write, you know, and I had these absurd word totals. And I was like, how about let's just be happy that we did 200 words? Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. And it's, so it's like, it's what okay. did I do? Yes. What did I accomplish? Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of the, the next part or the last part of the journal is I like people to sit SIT at the end of the day and write one thing that they felt they were a success at one one thing that they felt they could potentially improve. And then one thing that they're thankful for, because I think just to round it all out, just a nice assessment of, you know, recognizing what did you do good that day? What's something you could have done a little better? And what am I really grateful for? Uh, just having that intention, um, I think, kind of sets you up for that next day. But that, that's kind of some of the basics of it. it it's, real, you know, kind of the bare bones of it. But um, I'm I love, Yeah, I love what you're talking about because, you know, on the pod, we've talked before several. I mean, we always talk about it. Sometimes it's really hard to put ourselves first. We're always placing so much energy and attention to everybody else around us. And I like how this really centers us, aligns us for the day. And it is easy, like just hearing, like maybe some people think it's going to take a lot of time, but just the way you describe it, just 
just that quick little. It's literally, you can make it one word. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It doesn't have to be a a whole narrative. It's just like a quick focus, but it aligns everything. Because I think um, that it, I just, okay. I just love this so much um, that I am taking frantic notes. (laughs) I'm starting it tomorrow. Actually, I might even start it tonight. I'll start with the sit part of it all. Do it. Do it. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. No. And and it's just, I, I can't emphasize enough. And, you know, part of my issues growing up was this feeling of perfectionism, which isn't healthy. Mm -hmm. And in this program, it's like, you know, keep it simple, keep it really straightforward. I mean, my steps that I wrote down for today, I'm just looking at it. It constituted seven words that, that I wrote down today for, for, for my the initial thing. I mean, some days it's different, you know, some days you may do two or three things that you're, you're working on, or it may be a sentence or two. I'm just saying like for today and yeah. my particular ones, that's what it was. It took a few minutes and, you know, um, but it's so much you're investing in yourself. You're investing in your wellness. You're investing in the whole, um, the immune, you know, all the, all that you're talking about. Yeah. It's just investing. And, and when we think about investing in ourselves, sometimes we think that it requires so much energy or effort or financial effort to invest in ourselves. when really it just comes down to that mindfulness in those in that silence and self-reflection and, and what the rewards are, what the, what the, uh, um, what the return on investment is. There you go. Right. Right. Well, well, as you kind of think through it, you know, if there's some aspect of your life, that's not perhaps going quite like you would want. I mean, let's say, um, I have one for you. What? My COVID brain. I was talking to a friend today about, my COVID brain and how I'm, I'm dumb now. And writing (laughs) is extremely difficult. And I, I, I mean, ever, I think anything that gets published from me from this point (laughs) forward deserves awards and because I struggle and, and we both have the same problem. And I'm like, I flip letters around and I can't spell and thank God for spell check. But I was thinking after having this discussion with her, I was like, I, how can I use this, that I'm this method that I've been using to enhance instead of seeing it as a struggle, a constant struggle for me, because it is, and it pisses me off because <laughs> I don't like it. I like to be in control of things. <laughs> um, I have problems, but how can I use it to help my brain, which, and just even just setting that intention that I'm going to, my brain. In fact, I think I did that today. Um, I think I wrote, yeah, determined with a clear head. So that was my first step to say a clear head, just to have clear thoughts. Yeah, that's good. So what I would say in that case is, have you ever heard of um, the term neuroplasticity? I mean, yes, what, but what that means, what, what explains that explains it. Tina's like, no, I'm out. <laughs> no, no it, it's simple. Um, you know, years ago, we didn't really realize that nerve cells in the brain would change, you know, and, and the neural pathways were different. And what you can do with neuroplasticity is 
you know, as you create new habits and as you create new things, you can literally recreate, you know, new neural networks, paths. Yeah. new pathways. I need new paths. Right. And so I would say with this particular, in this particular program, you know, it takes time. It takes some repetition. Right. No, because I, I think it took me three weeks before I like mm-hmm. really felt good about it, which what that falls into the 21 day thing that yeah. we all know it takes 21 days to make change. Right. So in this case, you know, every day you've got those steps there and it's like, well, what are areas that I could, what's one thing that you could do in that day that would help, you know, set that intention to help that, uh, you know, your neural networks and those neural pathways. Um, and it wouldn't, I mean, you could do that in, in multiple areas, not just um, like the thoughtfulness or the mindfulness or what you're feeding your mind, but also what are you feeding your body? You know, right. because again, these are connected, right? You're a person. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you would think good, you know, solid nutrition, sleep, which I think is one of the most overlooked aspect of health. But, I agree. You know, just thinking through the, the different steps, you know, what are in each of those, is there like one thing that you could do to feed some of those neural networks and then give it some time. And, and that's the other thing is patience. Uh, I read this great book and I'd, I'd actually recommend it. It's called Atomic Habits. Um, it's a really fantastic book. Down. <laughs> One, Me too. And, and a lot of the principles that's in that book, like feeds directly into what we're doing here. It, it's, it, you know, it's a way of creating great habits, but one of the things that he talks about in there is like, if you're in a room and you have an ice cube sitting on a desk and the room is 26 degrees. I can't remember that's the exact number he used, but I'm just 26 saying. works. 26 degrees. What happens to the ice cube? Nothing. But what if his whole point is what if then you turn the thermostat one degree, you make it 27 degrees. What happens to the ice cube? Still nothing. Nothing but you still made the change. Well, if you make a one degree change every day, day. now you may not see some movement in those first few days or weeks of upping the one degree, but what happens when you hit 32 degrees? Now you have a breakthrough. Now you have something because now you're going to get some of that ice melt. Now did, did all the energy that you put in, shifting one degree prior to that was it a waste no no way you just didn't see it at the moment but if you do the one degree the one thing every day you know at some point you stick with that you're going to have that breakthrough where that ice starts melting where it's like wow there it is you you know and it's like um making a healthy eating choice today isn't going to make you skinny tomorrow but you can but you continue that over the course of time and it will, you know, saving 50 bucks today isn't going to make you rich tomorrow, but you continue with that little it's just small making changes, small changes. Get every- that compounding interest, and eventually, you know, you get there. And and I think that's kind of the power of some of this process is in a very balanced way you stick with this, you can make some of those balanced incremental changes in your life. And you can also kind of see areas where, um, gosh, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll review, like I'll go back at a week at a time and say, 
you know, probably need to prioritize this more because this was like the thing that I needed improvement on every day <laughs> this week. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've noticed you too, know. like I'll use the same things and I'm like, oh, step out of the box. Pilates can't count again today. <laughs> Yeah. So like, yeah. what else can you do? Right. So that's where right. just pushing, I think pushing your boundaries a little bit within it too. And, sure. and um, finding new little things to work on or looking outside the box and okay. If it's, um, you know, not yell in my car at strangers driving past, <laughs> maybe take smaller steps, find peaceful music to listen to. Right. Throwing that out there for myself. Uh, That's right. That's right on. (laughs) I like the, the book or not, sorry, not the book, but the ice cube uh, reference because in leadership uh, there was a, a class that I went to and it was about leadership at the 200 and 212 degrees. Uh, the point Ooh. that water boils pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the way that they were saying it is that, you know, it's at just that one degree, all of a sudden you see movement, you see energy, just that one degree. Um, but in listening to you talk about the ice cube, it like puts a whole new perspective on it because I feel like the 212 degrees you're already performing like it it feels anxious you know where this is like chill (laughs) it's chill it's chill chill. yeah chillax and and just those incremental steps that make all the difference instead of 212 degrees so i like it I Mm -hmm. i like that yeah that's good so an acronym for chill. That is so cool. So you've talked all this journaling. Um, I, I just think our audience, our, our listeners are going to totally benefit from this. And, um, and I, I would just encourage anybody that's listening to us to, um, you know, to reach out and contact you for more information. We're going to have your contact information when we uh, post the podcast, but I think um, being able to share some of the stories and, and what, how, how it's been applied and the success that they're getting, I'm certainly going to be doing it. Now you were a little vulnerable in some of your medical history and stuff. Would you say that that was a time when you had to dare to rise or do you have another example of when you had to dare to rise in your life? Yeah, I think so. I actually didn't even intend on sharing uh, that, but um, you know, this is what happens on the pod. People come on. Welcome and- <laughs> to the show. Welcome so, to our realm. <laughs> me just sharing that, I was daring to rise because yes. that, that you know, right? People unlike me, but one of the things that I've tried to do better at is being more vulnerable and you know. Um, Real. Well, that's about honoring what you're going through and yeah. giving instead of, but if you're honoring it in that moment, you don't end up in his office with horrific pain, bawling out your eyeballs. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Cause you're stopping it right now. You're like, Hey, this is me being vulnerable. Yeah. I, I think just in general, in my career though, the one thing I have done well is I've really tried genuinely to, have a voice for those that perhaps didn't feel like they had one or fight for those people that feel like they didn't have anyone else fighting for them. And I'm not saying I always have the, the right answer or could even get the answer, but I think in general, most people would feel like I gave it my best, you know, one way or the other. 
I listened. I tested what I knew. I did what I, you know, pos- every expended the efforts we possibly could and legitimately have tried to give a, a voice to those that have felt unheard. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's probably the biggest area where I've dared to rise. Mm, I love even it. in the face, even in the face of criticism from my peers and colleagues. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, taking a chance and doing something different, you know, uh, uh, when you're right, talking going back to yeah. RMA, when you were talking earlier and um, all I could think about is, you know, going to the doctor and saying uh, my hands hurt when I play the violin or whatever. And, and they say, don't play the violin. Like um, that's yeah. just the standard. And so for <laughs> like you, me, to- I can't breathe. Just don't breathe. It's yeah, fine. Don't, yeah. don't. <laughs> don't breathe. Yeah, You'll be fine. Yeah. That's not an answer. Like, yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I think it takes a lot of courage um, to do something different and to stand for that. And, and like you said, even if you have given it your all and, and maybe some people don't see the same result, it really does. It is within them too to find that solution. You're giving them the tools to Absolutely. be able to, to do it. Yeah. Sure. Opening the door. Well, I'll even tell people like, I'm like, even if I'm not the the doc for you or the right specialist for you, I, I even look at it. If I can even get you to the right person, right. You know, we've helped make some progress for that. At least be a train stop in the right, right direction. So, um, I'm just thinking about, um, this food allergy that I don't have. Um, (laughs) Okay, this is interesting. <laughs> well, because I ha- I'm like what you're saying in terms of um, maybe some trauma or, or something that's related. I just every time I eat shrimp, I get so sick and I had a food allergy done and, and I'm not allergic to shrimp. And they said, Ooh, maybe you're allergic to horseradish, you know, the cocktail sauce or something. No, that's not it either. But um, I'm just thinking about maybe the situation around the first time I got sick eating. Right. Right. So your conversation with me, I'm like, Holy cow. I think there's a lot more, um, I should be thinking about when it comes to comes to some of the things that we're affected by, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, an interesting with shrimp in particular is the same protein that you're allergic to in shellfish is the same protein that's in dust mites. So Sometimes if you yeah. have uh, an allergy to dust mites, you can get symptoms with shellfish, even if you test negative to shellfish. Wow. So. You're allergic to mites, Tina. I'm glad I am. I don't, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. not my friend. <laughs> there, there, there could be a, you know, a number of things. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, that's really interesting, though. To I mean, there's that evidence, like that's the science side of it. But then it is like I, you think of food poisoning. We've all had food poisoning. And we get sick from something and we never want to eat that again because it's just our body's like, "Mm, no, that's a negative, you know, Mm -hmm. let alone if you had some outside emotional trauma, like let's say the day you ate shrimp, you know, was your 16th birthday and something horrible happened that day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many layers to it. So, Doug, just uh, wanted to ask one last last question for you. Um, If you could give your younger self some advice, what would it be? Uh, 
There would be so much advice because I have, <laughs> You're like, let me tell you, I have a list, I have a notebook. I have screwed up so many times. <laughs> I've made so many mistakes in life. Um, but let's see, if I had to pick one, let me share just a quick story to illustrate. I, When I was in medical school, uh, I was sitting in the pediatric ICU and that's a really tough place to be. There's a lot of emotion. You, I mean, anytime a child is sick, it's, it's not good. But when you have a child, even a tiny infant, that's some of the sick of the sick. It, it, it's stressful. I mean, it was stressing me out and, you know, a lot of emotions going on. And um, I worried just so much. And I was talking to a pediatric cardiologist one Sunday morning on rounds. And he was always so calm and just so good with, with parents. And I said, you know, in time, hopefully I can get to that point where I'm relaxed and confident like that. But, but I asked him, I said, how do you handle this stress? How do you handle, you know, if you have a really sick child or a complicated case, I said, how do you handle that? And he gave me, he just looked at me and he said, if their vital signs are stable, then you have time to think. Mm. And, and he said, if, if their vital signs are stable, you have time to think, you have time to research, you have time to process, and you tune everything else out. If the nurse is demanding something, if the parents are demanding something, if something else is happening, he said, take your time. Don't be pressured. Take your time, think, do your research, make a good decision. He's like, now, if vital signs are not stable, you have to act. And he's like, but in that situation, you know, there, there's algorithms, you have to act. But he said, act just according to the best information that you have in that moment, doing the best you can, and then not regretting that afterwards. And you know, if I think back to myself years and years and years ago and kind of applying those principles to life, not just taking care of a really sick patient, but to myself, I'm like, so many times I pressured myself too much. I made a hasty decision when I didn't need to. I listened to too much noise around me. Um, and I didn't, even though perhaps my vital signs were stable at the time, I didn't take time to think. Um, I didn't take time to research. I didn't take time to just slow down. And I think, you know, that's something that we can think about. And, and as I think about like, hey, it, you know, your immune fitness steps are like your soul's vital signs, you know? And so like in, that. in life, it's like just take a breather and say, are my vital signs stable? Where am I at? Is one slightly off? You know, is my, is my temperature slightly high? Is my blood pressure slight, my, my, you know, soul's blood pressure. It, where is it at? Where is it off? Yeah. And, and how can I just take some time to make it one degree better? One, de you one. know, one, one degree better. I think that's perfect. Like all around life advice because yeah. it's stopping and taking time for yourself and just allowing things to be, which is something that right now in society, I just don't think 
is ingrained within us because it's now fast everything right now, you know? And, and I have a bad tendency of doing that. And that's, you know, because of that mistakes made. And that's why if I could go back and give myself advice, that, that's what I would do. It's like, just slow down. Just slow down, down and breathe. Yeah. I love that. I wrote that down. If your vital signs are stable. I love <laughs> and that. And you have time to yes. be putting that on a card. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's, you know, Doug, this has been such a great interview. It's been I fantastic. Holy cow. Just so much knowledge and um, experience and expertise that you've shared with us tonight. I can't wait to share this with our audience. And so grateful, Finn, for you to introduce oh, thank you. him to the podcast. Heck yes. I'm all about it. Me and my raviolis we'll have to have a follow-up where we ask you if you're still Finn if you're still doing what you're supposed to we're gonna bring <laughs> Doug on the show like, and we're uh, gonna have an you intervention <laughs> are you taking your inhalers so well thank you so much yes, for joining us tonight for being on the show with us this is amazing yeah, people, you'll link my social media. If people follow there, like I will be posting in months to come, like more and more about these concepts. And uh, hopefully, if I can find somebody out there to print you know, it, help help print like a custom journal for me, it'll we'll get an actual copy. And I'm buying five of them. Yeah, for I, every I, every <laughs> sounds every. like good Christmas presents to me. <laughs> right? I'm like here. <laughs> your work do your work <laughs> take care of your soul <laughs> like independent of that just you know if they follow along i'll be posting some things and hopefully engaging and and um yay yeah i can't yeah. wait one degree at a time one, one degree, degree at one, a time. one step at a time one mm. step <laughs> i love it one step yeah. thanks doug thanks appreciate it mm-hmm. yes thank you So Finn, what an amazing guest you, uh, you just brought, you just brought so much, uh, knowledge and awareness, uh, to the pod tonight. Right. He is amazing. I love the depth that he takes things to and doesn't just stop at one thing. It's not just the Western side of things. It's how can we find answers in the whole which yeah. I absolutely love. Yeah. And listening, like how it all started was just not, not going with the basic answer that really doesn't give anybody that hope that people are looking for when it comes to their wellness. Absolutely. Love so, it. It's magic. Yeah, it <laughs> is magic, but you know, we expect that on the pod when you show up. So it uh, has to happen. <laughs> bring the magic with me. That's right. So what, uh, what about a call to action tonight for our listeners? Ooh, there were so many good little, little nuggets out there. Um, I like, um, small steps to create change Mm -hmm. one degree at a time. I love that ice cube. Yeah. And then my favorite, absolute favorite was the, if your vitals are stable, then you have time to think. So taking pause, taking, taking pause for you to just be for that moment and think about things. Yeah. You don't have to act. Don't have to respond. I really like that. Uh, just that kind of chillactor factor. Chillactor factor. (laughs) I like that. I'm going to start using that in our conversations. (laughs) 
<laughs> please do. Please and then do. I'm going to ask you what your steps were for the day. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am looking so forward to sharing that with you too. Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely fun. I just encourage all the listeners to, uh, you know, start implementing that for those one degree, small steps, one degree, at one a degree. Time. Yep. Small, small steps, steps to big change. Yeah. Um, overall and wellness. So thank you, Finn, so much. Thank you for having me again. I love it. Yep. So for our listeners, you know, it's always just taking that time to dare to rise. So thank you for tuning in and we will catch you next time. Riding downtown in New York City. I know you want to be there. I bring you away. Party in the club like that track from Fitty. Cause life is so good. Let's go and vibe with me. Riding downtown in New York City. I know you want to be there. I bring you with me. This is what I'm doing, tell me that you wanna do it with me This is what I'm doing, tell me that you'll do it with me Baby, every day I'm doing, improving myself and what I do